Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. And a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come To Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy to be here with you as the Lord allows us this these Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays to come together live 4 o'clock Eastern Time on our network of domestic church media radio stations, but also really on our network of all kinds of different platforms. So we uh, are able to go around the world and uh, I'm thanking God for that today, and I'm thanking God today for you for taking some time out of your day on this cold January 28th, the Feast of St. Thomas Aquinas. And, uh, you know, if you want to find out more about St. Thomas Aquinas, download the free Domestic Church Media mobile app, because right there included in so many resources of information that are included in our mobile app and with our mobile app, we have Saint of the Day, and you can just hit that and Pop, there's St. Thomas Aquinas and a nice little uh, a few paragraphs about the good saint. So, And every day it changes to the saint of the day. So just one of the other benefits. And it's free, free, free. You don't pay anything for this. So go to your app store, search for Domestic Church Media, and download the free Domestic Church Media mobile app. Uh, of course, you know, we are coming to you on our radio stations, and we thank God for that. But as I said, so much more. If you are uh, able to, you can listen to uh, Domestic Church Media broadcasts 24-7 on the Amazon Echo and Google Home devices. Just say, play Domestic Church Media, and we'll stream there. Uh, You can stream, of course, live on our free mobile app. You can stream live uh, from our um, website at domesticchurchmedia.org. You can also watch the live local domestic church media programs that we bring to you, like this one, uh, on our uh, DCM-TV YouTube channel. And our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash domesticchurchmedia. Also live video on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash domesticchurchmedia and live video streaming right now on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. So you can peek inside these beautiful walls of our lovely uh, domestic Church Media main studio here in the beautiful downtown Ewing, New Jersey. <laughs> I don't think Ewing has a downtown. Well, they have a nice little um, college center there over over the college. A few uh, interesting little setup there, but no real no real busy downtown. We're kind of off the beaten path, and and we're even more off the beaten path here at Domestic Church Media, hidden behind a bunch of forestry. So. <laughs> Anyway, I'm hoping you're having a great day. Today, of course, Thursday already, Catechism Day, and we're going to continue with our catechism later on in the program where we left off, beginning with prayer of thanksgiving and also prayer of praise. We're talking about prayer as the Holy Father is teaching about prayer in his general audience. We're going right to the catechism and kind of backing all that up, I guess, or at least adding to that or kind of filling it out a little bit with the catechism teachings on prayer. So we'll get to that. 
Uh, also, I thought after our prayer, um, we would. Uh, there's been a lot of talk. Obviously, you know, you hear of uh, politicians who consider themselves to be Catholic. Our our president is one of them. Um, who are vocally and uh, blatantly in favor of uh, legalized abortion. And the question then arises about their reception of Holy Communion. So I want to share with you a recent statement from the Archbishop of San Francisco, Salvatore Corleone of San Francisco, who is uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's uh, bishop. And, you know, uh, she has been, again, an outspoken proponent of legalized abortion herself. She considers herself to be a practicing Catholic. But I, I thought some interesting comments from uh, Archbishop Cordelione from San Francisco. So I'm going to share that with you as well. But first, we're going to pray. And as always, my brothers and sisters, I invite you, wherever you are listening or watching, however you're participating. Of course, this program also uh, re-airs on uh, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays um, uh, at 10 o'clock at night on uh, all of our audio platforms, and the video is also archived uh, the next day, so you can watch the program if you miss anything. You can, and, and anything about the video is you can kind of skip around if you want to go beyond and just find certain parts. You can do that as well. Anyway, it's all there for you. But it makes no difference when you are listening or watching because God is outside of time. So these prayers uh, reach the heart and mind of uh, Almighty God at just the right moment. And uh, so we never hesitate to pray and never feel that our prayers are, are pointless or useless or for nothing. Every prayer is heard and every prayer is answered. It may not always be the answer that we're looking for or the answer that we expect or uh, at the time we expect it or want it. But God answers every prayer. So let's, with that confidence, uh, come together as brothers and sisters in the Lord and raise up our special intentions. We're continuing to pray for a friend of the apostolate uh, who pa passed away uh, earlier this week from a heart attack. Um, and uh, we're keeping him and the family in our prayers. They've been very, very uh, good to this apostolate in so many ways. And uh, the Lord called him home. And we're praying for his family, his wife and, and children and other family members who obviously are in a state of mourning right now at the loss of uh, their beloved husband and father. And so we keep them in prayer. And also, my friends, uh, ask you also please to pray for uh, domestic church media, the apostolate, as I've been kind of hinting, teasing, I guess, and I don't mean to do that, but I, I want to make sure all of our Ducks are in a row before I make the official announcement of what we're doing here. Um, please pray for us. Keep us in prayer because there's a lot, uh, a lot yet to, to do. But um, I'm excited. You know, I, I love when the Lord gives me new projects, or I should say, additional projects, because we have to keep obviously the radio stations running. That doesn't change. All of this stays the same, obviously. Uh, but He adds on to that sometimes. So. I'm looking forward to that challenge, but I'll share that with you down the road as we, we move on. Um, so let's come together. We're praying these beautiful, uh, this beautiful prayer of consecration of our families to the Holy Family of Nazareth. And uh, again, I've, forgive me, I've not gotten to it yet, and I, I will try to do this over the weekend is make uh, it available <clears throat> um, for you um, 
to request these prayer cards free, and they're courtesy of the Knights of Columbus through us. So um, I'm going to invite you right now, my friends, to raise up your special intentions, whatever they are. But as we pray and, and consecrate uh, to uh, the, our, whole, our families, to the Holy Family, uh, there is a, a place in the prayer where we all pray, we entrust our family to you. So that's what you have to say, we, we entrust our family to you. So let's begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord Jesus, you lived in the home of Mary and Joseph in Nazareth. There you grew in age, wisdom, and grace as you prepared to fulfill your mission as our Redeemer. We entrust our family to you. O blessed Mary, you are the mother of our Savior. At Nazareth, you cared for Jesus and nurtured him in the peace and joy of our home. We entrust our family to you. O St. Joseph, you provided a secure and loving home for Jesus and Mary and gave us a model of fatherhood while showing us the dignity of work. We entrust our family to you. Holy Family, we consecrate ourselves and our family to you. May we be completely united in a love that is lasting, faithful, and open to the gift of new life. Help us to grow in virtue to forgive one another from our hearts, and to live in peace all our days. Keep us strong in faith, persevering in prayer, diligent in our work, and generous towards those in need. May our home, O Holy Family, truly become a domestic church where we reflect your example in our daily life. Amen. And we'll pray our prayer to St. Michael and also the beautiful ancient prayer to our Blessed Mother, that Holy Father, asked us to pray, uh, my goodness, two and a half years ago already, but he asked us to pray these prayers every day uh, to, with the specific intention to protect the church from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan, and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. And today, in a special way, St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, thank you, my brothers and sisters, as always, for praying. And uh, always welcome your prayers. And, of course, this coming Monday, February 1st, being the first Monday of the month, Bruce DeBacco will be here live at 3 o'clock, weather permitting. Now, I'm seeing uh, different reports of, of weather possibilities. You know, they never, <laughs> I love it. With all the technology we have, you still can't get a straight answer from these, uh, God bless them, uh, these weather people, um, waiting to see which track this storm is going to take to see whether we get a massive snowstorm or rain. <laughs> That's always the case. And that snow rain line always seems to be on the I-95 corridor right through the heart of our listening area. 
So it's a tough, tough to call. Well, we'll have Jim Hoffman here, our chief meteorologist, tomorrow joining us on Friday Live uh, to tell us the story. Um, but anyway, weather permitting, Bruce will be here live at 3 o'clock on Monday for his wonderful program, Come to the Throne, where we throw open the Domestic Church Media Prayer Tent and uh, send out the call for you to join us in prayer. Call in with your prayer requests, your prayer intentions. You're also able to text those prayer requests to us and email. Uh, But a wonderful hour uh, coming together as brothers and sisters in the Lord, as family, to pray with and for each other. That's this coming Monday, February 1st, 3 o'clock live right here, uh, again, weather permitting. And that will be the only uh, prayer uh, program, uh, come to the throne program in February, because the the couple of weeks um, where Cheryl and I we take you know we take our midwinter jaunt, uh, we don't really take summer vacations, we take winter vacations. So um, we get out of here in the winter time a little bit and uh, middle of February. So uh, Bruce will only be here that one one day in February. Uh, so we pray the storm goes away, and in the event uh, we do have to postpone or cancel that particular program, uh, we'll see if we can work out another another day in February for Bruce to come back. So we we want to again, it's such a blessing for us to have Bruce Tobacco here as part of our family, and I know uh, so many of you appreciate uh, his um, beautiful charism uh, that the Lord has blessed him with a prayer and praying. So anyway, that's this coming Monday, 3 o'clock live. Tomorrow, of course, Friday already. Whoa, (laughs) Friday already. Cheryl and I will be here with Friday Live at 4 o'clock. And uh, tomorrow our guests will be Mallory Smythe, a young author, and uh, she has written a book. um, And you know what? Oh, it's called Rekindled, Rekindled kind of a, a return, a revision, reversion back to the faith. I don't know if she actually left the faith altogether, but just a rekindling of that that spirit in her. So Mallory will be here to talk about her book and a very special guest as well, who you know from EWTN, um, uh, Chris Stefanik, uh, who has a program, uh, Real Life Catholic, on EWTN. He does great work, another young person uh, who has written a book called Living Joy. So Chris will be one of our guests tomorrow as well. As I mentioned, Jim Hoffman will be here with the weather and uh, other uh, music and all kinds of stuff as we do on Fridays. And, you know, thanks to all of you who um, write. As I said, every day we get wonderful mail uh, and for your generous, very generous support. But those of you who take the time to write, and so many of you write how much do you appreciate the Friday program with Cheryl and me, and uh, we appreciate that. Um, you know, it's talk about real life Catholic. <laughs> we try to present uh, that you know we're not theologians. We're we're we're, we're we've been asked by the Lord to do. We're, we're just fishermen, basically, <laughs> like the Lord called two thousand years ago. Get out of that boat and follow me. I mean, you know, the apostles had no uh, no uh, no background in uh, in in evangelization necessarily, uh, but once the Holy Spirit descended upon them, boy oh boy, did, did he light the fire. Uh, so anyway, we appreciate that because we like to show you that um, you know we're we're real Catholics just like you, and uh, with the same struggles, the same uh, obstacles in in trying to grow in our faith, and all the things that you all face, we face, and uh, that's why we feel so much akin to you as family, because we don't we're not up there on a different level. We're we're right here with you, and, and uh, 
we appreciate that. So we've always enjoyed it. We we enjoy it. You know, we've been doing that program um, together on and off, but um, certainly for the past number couple of years together steadily. And also, when we first started in Catholic Radio many, many, many years ago, we used to do. Uh, it used to be Monday morning live. We did it Monday mornings, obviously, as you could tell by the title. And, uh, but it was live. It was live from our basement uh, studio because it was so early in the morning. We had to get the, get the kids up and breakfast and dressed into school, and then we would do that program. So, anyway, it's a lot of fun. We appreciate that. Tomorrow, four o'clock. Join us for Friday Live. All right. Um, so, as I mentioned, you know, there's a lot of discussion, as you know, and has been for many, many, many years, about individual, especially politicians. And we'll stick to that. Uh, who consider themselves to be faithful, practicing Catholics, but who openly support and promote abortion as well as other uh, issues that are contrary to church, church teaching, but specifically abortion. And in an interview discussing um, his recent admonition of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, the Archbishop of, Phil- of uh, San Francisco, Salvatore Cordelione, emphasized the need for Catholics to recover the sense of worthiness to receive Holy Communion. He said, Catholics no longer understand the idea of worthiness to receive communion. It's just seen as a sort of token gesture of welcome and belonging. He was talking to uh, Pro-Life Weekly that's going to air tonight. You'll see this interview tonight if you want to watch Pro-Life Weekly on, on the television network, EWTN. Um the Archbishop was addressing the topic of denial of Holy Communion to someone for the sake of their soul. He said the Catholics must first understand the Church's teaching on the Eucharist in order to grasp the significance of the denial of Holy Communion to a public figure. Archbishop Cordelione said, for that kind of action, denying an individual communion to make sense to a lot of people, we need to reclaim the sense of what it means to receive. Uh, he pointed to a lack of belief in the real presence of the Eucharist among Catholics. You know, we saw that survey, study that was done a few months ago, where a very large percent of individuals who consider themselves Catholic didn't believe in the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. Um Archbishop Cordelione said, what are you really saying when you receive communion? To me, it goes hand in hand with this decline in the belief of the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. Um, he, I guess, had a, a January 21st statement to Speaker Pelosi, who is, you know, he is her bishop. Um, and in that statement, he said that no Catholic in good conscience can favor abortion. And, of course, he was referring to Pelosi and, and her public support in Congress for legal abortion. Um, apparently, on January 18th, Speaker Pelosi podcast had a podcast with former presidential candidate Hillary Clinton, uh, had referred to the issue of abortion as a woman's right to choose, and said that Catholics should love contraception for reducing the abortion rate. Those are the words of uh, Nancy Pelosi. And in response, her bishop— the Archbishop of San Francisco, Salvatore Cordelione, said that Speaker Pelosi does not speak for the Catholic Church and that her phrase, right to choose to describe legal abortion, is a smokescreen for per- perpetuating an entire abortion industry that profits from one of the most 
heinous evils imaginable. This was a public statement by uh, the Bishop, uh, Archbishop of San Francisco. And then regarding the denial of Holy Communion, which is Canon 915 in Canon Law, stating that Catholics who are obstinately persevering in manifest grave sin are not to be admitted to Holy Communion. That's what, the, that's what Canon Law says. These are the exact words. Catholics who are obstinately persevering in manifest grave sin are not to be admitted to Holy Communion. That's Canon 915. And in uh, 2004, a memo to the bishops of the United States, then Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, who later became uh, Pope Benedict, wrote that a Catholic politician who was consistently campaigning and voting for permissive abortion and euthanasia laws is engaging in formal cooperation in grave sin, cooperation that is manifest, uh, Cardinal Ratzinger wrote. In these cases, he said, again, this is a year before he became Holy Father, uh, Pope Benedict, Cardinal Ratzinger, said Catholic politicians should not receive communion and their pastor must admonish them on the church's teachings in those cases. And again, the cases being where they are um, consistently campaigning and voting for permissive abortion and euthanasia laws. Um, the, he said the politician's pastor should meet with him, instructing him about the church's teaching, informing him that he is not to present himself for Holy Communion until uh, he brings to an end the objective situation of sin and warning him that he will otherwise be denied the Eucharist. And those are the written words of Cardinal Ratzinger, eventually Pope Benedict, in 2004. If these conversations have not had their effect, he wrote, then the minister of Holy Communion must refuse to distribute it. Um, now, you're going to see this interview tonight with uh, Archbishop Cordelione. If you watch um, Pro-Life Weekly, I believe 9 o'clock it comes on, 9 or 9.30 on EWTN television, when asked under what circumstances communion can be denied for the sake of the recipient's soul, Archbishop Cordelione answered that private conversations must first take place to try to move the person in their conscience. So the individual's pastor should have private conversations with him or her to try to move that person's conscience to the right way of thinking. Uh, the Archbishop did not comment on whether he had private conversations with Speaker Pelosi about her stance on abortion or whether he is considering publicly pro prohibiting her from receiving communion. In November, and this again is a hot topic, I guess, in November, Cardinal Wilton Gregory of Washington, D.C. told a reporter he would not deny President Joe Biden the reception of Holy Communion if Biden were to present himself for communion at Mass. During the 2020 presidential campaign, uh, then-candidate um, Biden pledged his support of taxpayer-funded abortion and promised to codify Road v. Wade in law. Now, we've seen also since he was uh, inaugurated last week some actions that he's taken. In tonight's interview, 
Uh, Cordelione emphasized that worthiness to receive Holy Communion is a much broader, a broader problem among Catholics than just Catholic politicians who contradict church teaching. And that's, you know, that's something we need to remember there, too. Uh, again, uh, we're not minimizing that situation. It's a very serious situation for the state of that individual soul and church teaching. I mean, that's we know the problem. The problem is these individuals, politicians, who consider themselves to be practicing Catholics, who openly and persistently promote legalized abortion, as does Speaker Nancy Pelosi. This is just a fact. It's not a political statement. It's a fact. As does President Biden, as do others who we can you know go down a whole list, I suppose. The governor of New Jersey is one of them. This is a problem. These Catholic politicians who contradict church teaching. But Archbishop Cordelione said, and something to think about here, we have a bigger problem, too, in that so many Catholics don't even understand the concept of worthiness to receive communion. He said, to be in the state of grace. And, I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. It's not limited to Catholic politicians. (laughs) He made a point saying, before COVID, I've often questioned how many people just nonchalantly go up to receive communion when they, they're they really not supposed to be. Um, he said that intentionally skipping even one Sunday Mass is an example of a serious sin that requires absolution in the confessional before a Catholic is worthy to receive communion again. Even just once, he said. Skipping Sunday Mass or a Holy Day Mass intentionally with no good reason requires, not might be, or you know, but requires absolution in the confessional before that individual uh, is worthy to receive Holy Communion again. And then Archbishop Cordelione was asked if... Uh, Speaker Pelosi's support for abortion as a Catholic in public office was scandalous. Now, again, this interview's on tonight on EWTN. You can watch it 9, again, I don't know it's 9 or 9.30. I forget. Um, He said that Speaker Pelosi is not only opposing church teaching, but also scandalously contradicting fundamental human rights. But this is contradicting the church on a matter that is not specifically Catholic doctrine. Again, this is a matter of fundamental human rights, he said. So we have political leaders championing an injustice and people thinking that that's okay for Catholics to do, but it's not. So you can watch the whole interview tonight on EWTN, uh, Pro-Life Weekly. But one thing we have to be careful of, my brothers and sisters, and I, again, this is I'm not minimizing or playing down the seriousness and this, the, what I believe, as the Archbishop said, is the scandal of Catholic politicians who publicly promote and support and advocate uh, abortion, euthanasia, uh, and other issues that are contrary to church teaching. But it's not limited to politicians. 
If you have a spouse or a child or you yourself, know that you are not in the state of grace or know that he or she is not in the state of grace. Would you say to that individual, as you should, I believe you should anyway, if the opportunity is presenting itself, if it's a, a, a persistently, uh, a persistent, um, um, intentional um, contradiction of, of church teaching that they're practicing, like cohabitation, fornication, or we can go down the list, intentionally missing Mass. Well, you know, I'm happy you're going to come to Mass, but you can't receive communion until you go to confession. So if you come to Mass, please don't receive. I mean, that's, you know, they need to know that. We need to fraternally correct them and advise them. The state of their soul is at stake here. So it, it, it's a much broader issue, as the Archbishop said. It's not just limited to Catholic politicians who publicly speak in favor and advocate abortion. It's, it's, a, it's a general knowledge of, 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 of needing a worthiness to receive. Now, remember, in, in the course of Holy Mass, it, we do have penitential rites and, 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 and confidor, and, and, and we pray, and if there are venial sins on our soul. They're washed away during that time if we participate uh, you know, properly, but not mortal sin. Mortal sin requires sacramental confession before we can receive Holy Communion. And it's not limited to just Catholic politicians. It's limited to all, all people who are not in the state of grace, who are in the state of mortal sin, uh, and should not receive Holy Communion. It's this whole knowledge of, of being worthy to receive. Okay, take a break. When I come back, we're going to go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church and continue the Catechism's teaching on prayer. So stay right where you are. There's more to come on Come to Me. culture is dying and souls are in danger of being lost. The answer is conversion to Jesus Christ in his church. St. Paul Street Evangelization is a Catholic organization and we have hundreds of teams spreading the good news throughout the country. But we need your help. The harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Find out more and get involved today at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com.
Hi, I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope on these domestic church media stations. Sixty seconds with Mother Angelica. Love is a kind of a what is it? It's a it's a force. It's a force. It's a power, a power, and it has the power to heal. You know, we have somebody that uh, what do you call them? Uh, sonar baths, huh? You go in the bathroom and you put on the light switch and you get all this rays coming down on you. It's like the sun outside. You go outside, lay on the beach, and even on a cloudy day, even on a cloudy day, those rays can hit you and make you so brown, it hurts. Now, that's the way love is, see? Sometimes unnoticed, unseen, but it has tremendous healing properties. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. From Ewing to Union Beach. Heightstown to Humeville. Pine Beach to Penn Valley. Burlington to Bradley Beach. Seagirt to Spotswood. Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Proclaiming Jesus Christ in the new springtime of the church. Welcome back on this January 28th, 2021, the Feast of St. Thomas Aquinas. So happy feast day to all you Thomases out there and all you Aquinases, I suppose. <laughs> Anybody has that first name? I think some people might. Uh, let's see. We're going to go to the catechism in just a moment. But before we do that, a couple of announcements. I like I like doing this because... Uh, there are some little inklings of activity now starting to take place. And I got a, a call today from a lovely, lovely lady from St. Dominic's Parish over in Brick. I believe her name was Marie. So, Marie, if you're listening, she said she just found out about the radio station. <laughs> you know, this 
This year, 2021, is the 10th anniversary of the launching of 89.3 FM. Ten years ago, we first went on the air on the FM station. So we'll have to have a little celebration in May when we did that. I think May 17th is the exact date. But anyway, Marie said she just found out about it. She's going to spread the word. So thank you, Marie. But she wanted to let me know that it's St. Dominic's Parish in Brick, uh, New Jersey, uh, this Sunday, the 31st, uh, beginning at 3 o'clock, it's 3 to 4, only an hour, St. Dominic's is having a special prayer hour in honor of the year of St. Joseph. So great good, great for them. Uh, a litany, they're going to pray the Litany of St. Joseph, the Divine Mercy Chaplet, the, the Rosary, and special prayers for our country, our church, and our families. And Marie was hoping this might open it up and let people from outside the parish know. And those of you in the, in the Brick, New Jersey area, um, Sunday afternoon, and uh, we certainly encourage you as an hour, bring your family uh, a, a beautiful hour, um, uh, prayer hour, in honor of the year of St. Joseph. That's this coming Sunday, January 31st, St. Dominic's uh, Parish in Brick, New Jersey. Uh, they're going to pray the Litany of St. Joseph, the Divine Mercy Chaplet, um, the Rosary, special prayers for our country, our church, and our family. So that's this coming Sunday from 3 to 4 o'clock at St. Dominic's Parish. And let's see, 250 Old Squan Road in Brick, New Jersey. Our good friend, Father uh, Brian, is over there. And he's the pastor, and he's been a friend of ours for many, many years. Um, so that's uh, this coming Sunday, 3 o'clock, St. Dominic's, 250 Old Squan Road in Brick, New Jersey. And let's see, we have a couple other events taking place. Um, let's see, where are we going here? Tomorrow is the 29th, right? Yep. So... Uh, at St. Rose in Belmar, New Jersey. A lot of things happening down the shore, which is great. St. Rose, of course, uh, in Belmar uh, on uh, 603 7th Avenue. They're going to have tomorrow, the 29th, um, a day of Eucharistic adoration. So, my friends, uh, they will be holding a day of Eucharistic adoration tomorrow, beginning with exposition of the Blessed Sacrament, immediately following the 9 a.m. Mass, concluding with benediction at 6 p.m. The rosary will be prayed at 8.35 in the, uh, and the chaplet of Divine Mercy sung at 3 p.m., uh, the hour of mercy. So the church will be open throughout the day. You're invited to come and spend some prayerful time before our Eucharistic Lord at St. Rose. Uh, in Belmar, 603 7th Avenue, Day of Eucharistic Adoration. And also, go to my next little announcement here. I'm reading all of this off the Domestic Church Media Bulletin Board, by the way. Go to domesticchurchmedia.org and click on the Bulletin Board link. Um, there's going to be a March for Life prayer service tomorrow at St. Gabriel's Church, and they are at 110 North Main Street in Marlboro, New Jersey. Uh, tomorrow at noon, uh, it's going to be benediction of the blessed with the blessed sacrament. Uh, Deacon Rich will be there. The Divine Mercy will be chanted. Helpers uh, litany to Jesus in the womb of Mary. Exposition of the blessed sacrament. Divine praises, prayers, and blessing followed by the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops Pro Life Sorrowful Mysteries. 
uh, tomorrow as well. So it all is happening at noon tomorrow at uh, St. Gabriel's Parish, 110 North Main Street in Marlboro. So there's some some opportunity for you tomorrow, my friends. And I, Unfortunately, those are the only announcements I have. But I do believe uh, there are other things going on, um, and I just don't have it on the bulletin board here. But you need to take advantage of the bulletin board because it's free, and uh, I'll share some information over the air here. I will also, and we know we also get a lot of hits. So, um, you know, I encourage you to... Uh, let us know. There's an event form you can fill out and post, and we'll, we're happy to, uh, you know, put it on the bulletin board, and, and uh, people will come see it. Now, um, let me just see. There was one other thing I, I might have for you here. Uh, let's see. No, I guess not. Nope. Okay. So, anyway, uh, go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org. And click on the bulletin board link for those announcements that I just made and uh, others that are happening. So, all right. So let's go back to the Catechism of the Catholic Church. We're talking and teaching from the Catechism uh, from the section on prayer, and we'll begin today with paragraph twenty six thirty seven, prayer of thanksgiving. So many times, you know, um, we pray so fervently and, and forcefully and prayerfully when we need help, which is fine. The Lord loves that. You know, we go to him in prayer for all these needs. But let's never forget about the need of prayer of thanksgiving. The Catechism says in paragraph 2637, Thanksgiving characterizes the prayer of the Church, which in celebrating the Eucharist, reveals and becomes more fully what she is, indeed the work of salvation. Christ sets creation free from sin and death to consecrate it anew and make it return to the Father for his glory. The thanksgiving of the members of the body participates in that of their head. This beautiful prayer of thanksgiving, the Eucharist uh, uh, that we celebrate at at Holy Mass, is a prayer, the, the, the prayer of the Mass. And so as the Catechism says, this... Uh, the church reveals and becomes more fully what she is in the Eucharist, the work of salvation, our Lord who set us free from sin and death, and that all is encompassed in the holy sacrifice. In paragraph 2638 says, as in the prayer of petition, every event and need can become an offering of thanksgiving. The letters of St. Paul often begin and end with thanksgiving, and the Lord Jesus is always present in it. Give thanks in all circumstances, St. Paul says, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Continual steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. You know, and we say thank you, Jesus. How many times, and we should, I'm sure we have many, many opportunities, even in the course of a day, to say thank you, Jesus. You know, so often we, we uh, as I said, we'll go to the Lord in, in prayer when we're in, in especially dire need or for any need or want or desire, which is fine. The Lord understands those prayers and loves those prayers. But also just the everyday little things and even the answer to prayer. You know, when we pray for a particular intention and 
uh, we, we, the answer to our prayer is what we were praying for. Thank you, Jesus. And even if we don't get the answer to that prayer, we get a different answer. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> because, you know, you think, you think back uh, in the course of our life, the things we prayed for, the things we wanted, the things we thought we needed, the things we thought we should have, even as it regards individuals. You know, I think about people who maybe in my very early days I may have dated or thought I would like to date or would like to uh, spend a lifetime with. I look back now and say, thank you, Jesus, for not answering that one. <laughs> right? I'm, and probably people are saying it about me too, trust me. But, you know, we, we have those times. Uh, we pray for something we, th- we think we need, when we need it, how we need it, when we want it, how we want it, who it is. Lord, this, make that, that, that uh, letter to Santa Claus list of prayer, and we don't get what we want, we should still say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that. But even in everyday little things, you know, I mean, uh, getting through the day, waking up in the morning. <laughs> Going to sleep at night after a, a very, you know, maybe trying day. Thank you, Jesus, for helping me and giving me patience and, you know, just the constant communication, constant interaction. And St. Paul says, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Even in those tough times, even in those difficult moments, be, thanks, be thankful. And then the Catechism goes on to prayer of praise. Paragraph 2639. Praise is the form of prayer which recognizes most immediately that God is God. It lauds God for his own sake and gives him glory quite beyond what he does, but simply because he is. It shares in the blessed happiness of the pure of heart who love God in faith before seeing him in glory. Stop to think about that. You know, we have these wonderful relationships with these individuals and beings that we've never seen. But by God's grace in our lives, by our, our acknowledgement of his existence and presence, and action in our lives, interaction in our lives, and understanding who he is. This is why it's so important to know our faith. You know, we go back to the old Baltimore Catechism. You know, who is God? (laughs) And we learn about who God is. And who made me? God made me. Why did God make me? God made me to know him, to love him, to serve him in this life so that I can be happy with him in the next. Very basic Q&A there, but... Uh, and I remember, boy, oh boy, when I made my confirmation in November of 1966, we were, we, I learned from the Baltimore Catechism. That's how I studied for my confirmation. Uh, I guess the, 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 the Second Vatican Council uh, had ended the previous year. But uh, we were still learning from the second from the uh, Baltimore Catechism. And I remember sitting in St. Peter's Church in New Brunswick on my confirmation night because it was an evening we had confirmation. And Bishop Bishop George W. R., the Bishop of Trenton, in those days the, there was no diocese of Metuchen. 
the Trenton Diocese went all the way up into Middlesex and Somerset counties and Hunterdon County, all the way down. You know, it's just a big, big diocese. But Bishop R. came to our church, and I remember sitting there in those in that pew with my little red uh, um, gown on, and he was asking questions. We had studied the Q and A from the Baltimore Catechism, but we learned about God. We learned who He was. We learned about Jesus, and then, of course, all the all the saints and and Blessed Mother and Saint Joseph. We've never seen these holy people, but we we love them in faith, and we one day will see them in glory. By praise, the Catechism says, the Spirit is joined to our spirits to bear witness that we are children of God, testifying to the only Son in whom we are adopted and by whom we glorify the Father. Praise embraces the other forms of prayer and carries them toward him who is its source and goal, the one God, the Father, from whom all, whom are all things and for whom we exist. St. Luke in his gospel often expresses wonder and praise at the marvels of Christ and in his Acts of the Apostles stresses them as actions of the Holy Spirit. The community of Jerusalem, the invalid, invalid healed by Peter and John, the crowd that gives glory to God for that, and the pagans of Pisidia who were glad and glorified the word of God. You know, the, the, again, we think, go back to the first century church, the Acts of the Apostles, and, and, and the wonderful spirit of prayer, of praise that existed there, and thanksgiving, and community, and seeing the action and the power of prayer, especially in the very beginning, like the example they give, the invalid who was healed by Peter and John. You know, I love that that uh, account of the Acts when Peter and John are going into the portico, into the temple, and go through the portico at the three o'clock hour, and there is the, the the invalid there at the at the gate. And what is it you want of me? And he said, well, I, I want to be healed. Silver and gold, they thought he was a beggar. Silver and gold, I don't have, but what I do have, I will give to you. You know, walk in the name of Jesus. The power of that prayer, the power of calling upon the name of Christ, the power of, of the grace that was, as we talked earlier this week, you know, being open to that grace, knowing that really with that grace and faith, we can, we can and all, all followers of the Lord can move mountains in one way or another. Paragraph 2641 says, um, address, quoting from Scripture, address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart. Like the inspired writers of the New Testament, the first Christian communities read the book of Psalms in a new way, singing it in the mystery of Christ and the newness of the Spirit. They all composed hymns and canticles in the light of the unheard of event that God accomplished in his Son his incarnation, his death, which conquered death, his resurrection and ascension to the right hand of the Father. Doxology, the praise of God, arises from this marvelous work of the whole economy of salvation. Just think about when we go to Holy Mass, this great prayer of thanksgiving that is the Mass. And in, within that prayer of thanksgiving, there's the beautiful prayers of praise throughout in the songs and the psalms and the prayers that we pray. 
and raising up our hearts and minds. You know, I, I once uh, um, heard someone say that if we are truly entering into the holy sacrifice of the Mass and truly uh, entering into the, to the liturgy as we should be, the most, the most perfect and proper way, that if the world ended outside the church in which we were worshiping, <clears throat> we wouldn't even know it. The transition from liturgy into glory would be the same. <clears throat> we wouldn't even know there was a difference. Think about that. You know, when we, when we pray our prayers, and again, the Mass is a great prayer of thanksgiving. That's what Eucharist means, thanksgiving. But within, within that prayer are prayers of praise and prayers of petition. I mean, it's all encompassed in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. If we allow ourselves to enter into that properly, this is, and I, I, again, I know it has to be done this way right now, but I believe this is right now distracted. We're seeing so many distractions I know for myself, and this is just a personal opinion. Again, I'm not making a statement against any particular thing. I just this is I just have a real hard time sitting in mass with a mask on. I do because you have to, but I find it very distracting, very distracting. And I'm I just haven't learned to live with it yet. <laughs> I'm hoping soon that'll go away, or the fact. You know, I, and I know, and, and uh, you know, I know many, many people still are uncomfortable going to public mass, and we understand that. Um, but you know, you you want to avoid getting into the habit of of watching the streaming mass, sitting at your breakfast table with a cup of coffee, you know, and and uh, having that part of your morning routine, as opposed to really entering into it in whatever way you can, given the situation. And we pray one day soon, Lord, please get rid of this virus, get it out of here so we can get back to normal and come back to church. And, and oh, how we pray that those who maybe were on the fringe or on the, on the fence will come back. Because this is the beauty of, 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 again, within that prayer of thanksgiving that is the liturgy or is encompassed all these other forms of prayer. The revelation of what must soon take place, the apocalypse, is borne along by the songs of the heavenly liturgy, but also by the intercession of the witnesses, the martyrs, <clears throat> the prophets and the saints, all those who were slain on earth for their witness to Jesus, the vast throng of those who, having come through the great tribulation, have gone before us in the kingdom, all sing the praise and glory of him who sits on the throne and of the Lamb. In communion with them, the church on earth also sings these songs with faith, in the midst of trial, by means of petition and intercession, faith hopes against all hope and gives thanks to the Father of lights for whom every perfect gift comes down. Thus faith is pure praise. And then it says, the Eucharist contains and expresses all forms of prayer. It is the pure offering of the whole body of Christ to the glory of God's name and according to the traditions of East and West it is the sacrifice of praise. And I think that's why the ultimate offering of prayer of the church is when we are able to, and again, we pray soon, one day, to all come together, unhindered and unfettered, <laughs> to be able to enter into that great prayer of thanksgiving, that liturgy which encompasses 
uh, this purest offering of our prayers, this purest offering of all forms of prayers that we bring, the, the prayers of petition and praise and thanksgiving and intercession. And we come there in, and raise our hearts and minds in song and prayer, giving glory to Almighty God. You know, that's the greatest prayer we can pray. And, of course, then, since we can't be in liturgy 24-7, seven, you know, we have to leave the church, but our prayers should continue throughout the week, and hopefully we can get to Mass daily or, or, or other times during the week before the next weekend's liturgy. But prayer is such a, 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 the found, foundation, really, of our, of our spiritual life, to be in constant communion and communication with our triune God, to open our hearts and pour our hearts out before him, to have that, that true lifeline of communication that extends between the two until that one day we're, we're reeled in, so to speak, <laughs> and brought to be one with the Father in the sense that we are with him for all eternity. And that's the beauty of it. So in our prayer life, you know, take some time to set aside and don't just pray by rote, but rather open your heart to pray the words or make them words of your own, which are so special to the Lord. All right, so time is up, and uh, tomorrow is Friday. Cheryl and I will be here at 4 o'clock for Friday Live. We have uh, Mallory Smythe, who's written a book called Rekindled, a beautiful story of rekindling the faith in a young heart, as well as uh, Chris Stefanik, real-life Catholic, will be here. He's written a book called Living Joy. Jim will be here with the weather. We look forward to having you here tomorrow, 4 o'clock. Have a great rest of your day, my brothers and sisters. Thanks for being with me today. My name is Jim Manfredonia. God bless you, and God love you. Uh,